Turn on the news. All I hear is destruction. I try to rest my head and night. Real Talk with Star Scorpio, Season 6. Kalissa, a vocalist and songwriter. And I'm actually going to read something from her bio because it was very intriguing before we start. So she said, out of some of Kalissa's darkest moments comes her best work. Kalissa uses any negative energy she encounters and turns it into a positive while creating powerful words and beautiful music. Kalissa, welcome to Real Talk with Star Scorpio. How are you doing today? I'm splendid. I'm excited to be here. Um, it's an honor to be here. I've been wanting to get on your podcast for a hot minute. So <laughs> thanks for having me. <laughs> yeah, of course. And just to let the people know that I listen and watching, you reached out to me, which I I appreciated. Um, I get people reaching out here and there, but I did an interview with Wavy Spice 01. And mm -hmm. I think that's how you, you found me, right? Correct. And I don't even know how I stumbled upon Wavy. Mm -hmm. I just, but I did. I think it was maybe through an ad. I think she had put an ad out and oh, I clicked on it because yeah. I love those ads. I click on them. And oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> they do work, people. Um, and yeah, so that's how I stumbled upon Wavy. And then I came across you and I promoted and it was great. I loved, I, I loved your podcast from just seeing that. So. Yeah, thank you. And shout out to Wavy. And yeah, you're right. Those sponsored ads really work. That's how I find a lot of people myself too for these podcasts. That's how I've been finding people. Like I've been seeing some really dope artists. Yeah. Like, beautiful. If more people actually explored the underground world of music, mm -hmm. the world would be different. <laughs> yeah, there's so much out there. Okay. So, Kalissa, you know, with real talk, I'm gonna I'm gonna say something different because this is season six, right? But we always build a timeline on real talk, so we're gonna start from the beginning. But I want to let the people know, and I'm gonna say this in every podcast. I always start off now, getting to learn about my guests, letting them um, share their inspirational um, views on certain things, talk about what they're doing. And at the end of every podcast, everyone knows people choose a card and I read the card. I'm not going to say the left or the right anymore. I'm going to say Blue Jays or Raptors. And there's one new question that I'll be asking as well. And I'm going to do that in the middle of the podcast. So I'm going to surprise you with that as well. I like surprises. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Hey. So okay, so listen, let's let's start from the beginning. Where were you born and raised? Born in downtown Toronto. Um, raised, uh, well, I, I moved around a lot as a kid. So Newmarket, Mississauga, Whitby, which was the worst four years of my life. Oh wow! Yeah, um, and I ended up downtown. I actually lived in New York for six months back in two thousand four. So that was mm. quite the experience. Yeah. Um, but yeah. In Toronto. So, so in Toronto. So in the beginning. So you moved around. I want to know about your schooling too. So how? where did you go to high school? Because you were in Toronto, Whitby, Newmarket. Where did you go to high school? Different, different so, uh, cities? Truth be told, I started high school in Whitby. Yeah. And I, I dropped out. I moved. Um, and I moved to Mississauga, Menoville. And I was actually being bullied. Um, so I left. The principal wasn't doing anything. Wow. Um, I dropped out and I started working at Burger King doing drive through I got permission through the school board. And uh, so I actually went with a grade eight education until I was 35 years old. Wow. Mm -hmm. It I, Just for a minute, for talking about bullying, I know a lot of us were bullied back in the days. I don't want to age you, but can you let the people know how old you I'm are 40, so we can? 42, March 28, 1980, Aries. Um to be 43 so yeah i mean bullying is always going to be there it's there when we're adults it's there in the workplaces yeah right um it's just again it's covered up or brushed under the rug and that's why they have their little hr department but do they really 
you know, anything who are they really protecting, right? Protecting so, the, the business, the company, and the school. Exactly. And, yeah. Um, I kind of so don't crucify me for saying this, but COVID was a blessing in men, in more ways than one. And mm-hmm. this is where um, me as a person, I always look for the positives out of the negative. We can't change COVID. Yeah. Right. We can't change, but we can change how we react to it. So I chose to take the positives out of COVID and the online school platform. That's perfect for children that mm-hmm. don't feel comfortable going into school. Had I had that option, I would have never dropped out. Wow. Right. And I think my personal opinion as a mom and, you know, watching my daughter and just me experiencing it and hearing stories trauma like there's so much trauma when we send our kids to school Mm -hmm. i remember my daughter was watching my daughter's 17 now Mm -hmm. and recently we were watching videos and she's like i was so happy like i had a really good childhood she goes what happened Mm -hmm. you know and i'm like i don't know she goes it was when i went to school because that's when the bullying started so as parents we need to be aware of this and it's not raising a child is not linear. It doesn't come with a, a manual. Every child is different. Every child's needs are different. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. My daughter does online school. Mm-hmm. Why? Because she, if she didn't, she would have dropped out as well. You know, <laughs> so bullying is a serious issue. It's, it's one that is never going to go away. It's how we react to it. We need to give parents more options of how to educate our children. Yeah, not yeah. just this one way of sending our kids to school eight hours a day. Like that's bullshit. Yeah. Excuse my language. No worries. Yeah. You know what? Um, bullying is a serious topic. And I feel now there's more awareness about it because, so you told me your age, 42, I'm 49. So we went to school at eighties and nineties and we didn't have social media and things like that. So your school bully was your school bully. And then the victims <laughs> were the victims and only the circle knew about it. And I don't even think a lot of people told their parents. I think it's different now. There's more awareness, but you're you're right. It's always going to be there. But it's changed from face-to-face bullying to now online bullying and things like that. And there's the controls around it are are sometimes not there. So well, the, the difference now too is that, you know, when we left school, we got to go home mm-hmm. and not worry about it. Yep. Till the next day. The next day. Mm. These kids are leaving school and are worried, oh my God, what if what if there's a video of me on social media? Mm-hmm. Think, then what? Or I'm gonna be bullied on social media carrying in from school. Mm-hmm. So it never ends for them. It's around the clock twenty four hours a day. Yeah, yeah. This is a this this is a topic I might even have um a podcast just on that that's that's a serious topic that some people need Very to hear serious. yeah yeah so thanks for sharing that so you told me about your school years now and then you left school you dropped out you said you're working at burger king now tell me something because one thing i try not to do is do too much research on my guests but you sent me a biography a little bio of yourself. And it was amazing. It was so captivating. I, I tried not to read it, but I was I was intrigued. And there's one thing you said, because I want to see your path to the music. But you said in adoles- adolescence, you had some struggles. And poetry helped you deal with that. So can you t- talk about a little about that? So from, from the age of five, I was sexually abused. So, sorry, trigger warning. Um... And I held that in for years. And um, when we talk about bullying, the first person that I actually did confide in used that information against me. You know, so um, where the writing came into play, it was an outlet for me. So dancing was my first love in the arts. And that was like my outlet as a child. And as I got older, I started writing just poetry, you know, as the years went on, um, music, I didn't get into until I was 31. Wow. Okay. Okay. But okay. This is, this is, um, very interesting. So before we get into the music part, poetry, how many, how long did it take for you while you're writing to find out that this can be turned into something else? 
Because I don't know if that's what led to the music part, but the writing, um, get more into that for me. I just, I, I didn't think anything of it. I really didn't. Mm-hmm. I just, I needed an outlet and I just needed to write with what was in my heart and my mind in those moments. Um, I only realized it when I was 31 that, wow, I could really do something. That's when the moment, that's when that light bulb went off. Mm-hmm. So you did share, uh, and thanks for sharing that, you know, about the abuse. Um, is this something you kept to yourself? So when you were writing the poetry, did you keep it to yourself or did you share with others, read it to share. others? You just kept it to yourself, it. right? Yeah. Yeah. The, 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 oh, man, the pain that you feel with that. Um, but even at that moment, um, like, I don't even, I don't even know that I understood what I was feeling. Mm-hmm. You know, um, I knew that I tried to reach out to for professional help. And on your, you know, on your own? It's just on your yeah, own. Yeah, on my own, like to a psychiatrist. I wanted a psychologist, but as you know, with our healthcare, you mm-hmm. know, we are very fortunate for what we do have, but it, it does not cover psychologists under Ontario healthcare. So unless you have, you know, private insurance through, the, you know, a place that you work, yeah. Mm-hmm. You know, I was I was young. I was 17, 18. So I was 18 because I, I was able to make that decision on my own. And, um, you know, and so my first psychiatrist, the first session, it was, okay, so I'm going to give you uh, some Zoloft. And here you can, no, it was Paxil at that time. Mm-hmm. And all we ever talked about was the medication. Mm-hmm. It wasn't, I needed an outlet. I needed to talk to somebody. I needed somebody to just listen. Yeah. So I could understand what I was experiencing, not to be put on prescribed medication to suppress what I was going through. And that was my experience with any psychiatrist I, I saw. Mm-hmm. So I, I became my own, I became my own therapist. Your own therapist. Your own and that's where the writing comes in. Yeah. What, you know? what, what do you think of this, this, um, saying that some people say and embracing your fears to, to, to fight those inner demons. Do you think so that... I, th- I think I have that on my website, like embrace um, something about it. You have to embrace the, the, the darkness. If you don't embrace the darkness, you're not going to, you're not going to go through to the light. Right. You have to understand and work through your emotions. Because mm-hmm. if you just push them to the side, you're mm-hmm. not doing yourself justice. Mm-hmm. You're not going to learn and grow. You have to feel uncomfortable. You have to like, there are days even now, just the other day, I woke up and I'm like, I don't even want to be inside myself right now. Wow. And just, I feel so uncomfortable. And it's not that I hate myself. It has nothing yeah. to do with that. Mm-hmm. And a lot of that has to do with ener- energy that we feel. And I'm, I'm, I've become very spiritual. Mm-hmm. And so I feel a lot of things. And mm-hmm. so sometimes I can't stand it. And I'll just, I'll force myself to sleep because I don't want to feel like that. Mm-hmm. Or I'll just force myself to write in those moments. Yeah. It really depends on how I feel. And just, it's all about meeting myself where I'm at in that moment. And because you mentioned you had a daughter, right? Um, how was it for you raising your daughter then? And I like the way this conversation is going. Isn't, um, you're sharing a lot. But how was it with your experience and in raising a daughter? Were you more protective at the time? and did you keep what happened to you personally to yourself? No, I did not. Um, I was very protective over her, but I mean, so I'm, I'm, a, I'm a, all about harm reduction. I'll say that because we're going to talk about that later on as well. Okay. Um, I, I was always real with her. I'm that mom that's the kid and I'm just a jackass. And <laughs> <laughs> I was never strict with my daughter. Yeah. That was my choice. Uh, I think I grounded her for a whole five minutes in her, in her entire life. <laughs> I'm yeah. like, okay, I can't do this. But um, I was honest with her about everything. When she was old enough to understand, I laid it all out to her. Mm. You know, because it was important for her to understand how she came about and how we ended up back in Canada. Because she was conceived in Harlem, New York. So there were choices that I made 
to lead up to where we are now. And it was important for her to understand why I chose to leave her father, okay. you know, in certain things. And a lot of that had to do with the sexual abuse for me and just everything is all connected. Mm-hmm. So, so yeah. I want to rewind for a minute. So you grew up in, of course, Canada. Um, I'm going to touch on the music in a minute because I want to ask you about your first track, Imagine Us. But before we do that, what age were you when you went to New York? Because that wasn't for the music then. No, that wasn't for the music. Right. So <laughs> what age were you when you went? 24. 24. Mm-hmm. Okay. I hopped on a Greyhound bus and I went with $300 in my pocket. Wow. And, and actually, my, actually, my song yesterday is about New York. If you look, listen, look like you're you going ahead on me. You're going ahead on me. But go. Let's let me. If, let, if, okay. If, if you listen closely to the lyric, mm-hmm. like you know, and you'll clue in to the kind of life I was living back then. Mm-hmm. I, I so, talk about it. I don't talk. I don't. I may not speak directly mm-hmm. because I want it to be relatable. Yeah. But um, I my music is about my life. And it's so, about for others to be able to relate that have experienced similar issues or similar experiences. Yes. So I'm gonna I'm gonna get you more touch. I'm gonna get you to touch on yesterday now, but there's two specific tracks that I want to talk about, and I just said one of them. But before we continue on your journey to New York, I just want to know about your time there and then coming back. Touch on yesterday again. So you gave a little synopsis on what it's about. But um, that's one of the tracks I listened to today, and I was so impressed because it reminded me of the 90s and everything. But go ahead and tell me again about um, the thought process behind it. I, You know, when I wrote it, I just, I mean, I wrote it obviously after years later. Yeah. Um, and I just wrote it about that time and how I felt when I was in New York and, you know, working in the streets, you know, just listen to the song. I mean, it's. But again, it's so relatable and it's so transferable that working in the streets could mean many things for many different people. Yeah. Right? It's up to you on how you want to perceive that. Mm-hmm. Um, so. So um, with that with that track, though, because you have the experiences, and I like asking artists this, it could be a comedian, because when I used to do comedy, because my experiences... So I'm West Indian. And if I want to make a joke about food, something would come to me and I'm like, it writes itself because I'm like, mm-hmm. I know this. I know what my mom would say. I know what this is. So because your experiences, when you wrote yesterday, was it easy to put pen to paper and start writing yeah, it? Yeah, because I mean, that's exactly what I was living. I was drowning yeah. myself and I was drinking and I'm not a heavy drinker, but back then I was. Mm-hmm. I wasn't addicted to drugs but I was addicted to prescribed medication. You know, I was smoking a lot of marijuana and I would drown my, I would drown my fears in it. I would drown everything in it because mm-hmm. of the lifestyle that I was living in, you know, at that time. So, so, when, so then when you went to New York, how long were you in New York again? Six months. Six months. And then you came back to Canada. I came back. It was one of the hardest decisions, but it, I'm glad. I, I even questioned it for years. Did I make the right decision? You know, because, you know, again, we're, we're in the same age group. And so growing up, you have this mindset of what a family structure should be. Yeah. Right? Should. Um, but I'll be honest, I made the best decision. Mm-hmm. I could have ever made and I'm, I became a better mom because of it. Yeah. I'm not going to glorify being a single mom, but being a single mom made me an amazing mom. Mm-hmm. And, and I don't think, I, I don't believe my daughter would have had the life um, that she has and that she's had, mm-hmm. had I not made the choice that I made to come home. Wow. She would have been brought up in a very toxic, very toxic environment. Environment. Yeah. Okay. Thanks for sharing all this. So I want to know now, you said 31 is when you started music, right? Okay. Mm-hmm. Before we get to Imagine Us, because th- that track is fire. Um, Thank you. Yes. So 24 to 31, fill in the gap for me before you met. Can you say his name? Because I, I read his name. Um, 
on 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 YouTube oh, today. Niasha. You got it. Niasha. So I can't pronounce his last name. His last name. <laughs> <laughs> Shout out to him. But fill me in from 24 to 31 when you recorded that track. Oh, so I didn't record that. Oh, like before I recorded it. Okay, so yeah, before, yeah. 24 to 31, I so I got pregnant. I came home from New York. Um, you know, I was living in a two-bedroom apartment with my mom at that point. Um, I was just focusing on raising my daughter. I went to culinary school through the YMCA, oh, you know, wow. put my daughter in daycare, Mm -hmm. um, I always wanted to learn different things. Like I was interested in aesthetics at one point. Like I've dived into so many different careers. Yeah. And <laughs> but that's that's part of life and that's part of growing. In 2007, I worked for one of Toronto's Children's Aid Society, like the agencies. Okay. Um, and you know, I, I landed a really good job. It was one of those fuck the dog kind of jobs where you get paid really good money and <laughs> yeah. good benefits. And, but it was high stress and it was very emotional. Mm -hmm. um, I was happy the first three years. Mm -hmm. In the last year, something changed though. Um, I had taken a trip to New York and I remember I had to get an emergency flight out mm -hmm. because there was a situation that happened and I had to get my daughter and I out safely. Mm -hmm. And, um, when I returned home and I remember sitting at the reception desk, you know, covering reception that day and I just started crying and, and that's where the shift happened for me to think I am no better than these parents coming in here and these kids are being removed from their families because of violence or, or drugs or whatnot. If that would have, if that situation that I just experienced in New York happened in my own city, my daughter would have been taken from me. And that, in that moment, that's where I changed. And that's where I could no longer um, align with, with the same morals and values that the agency I was working for. Mm -hmm. um, and I've always been the type of person, I don't care how much you pay me. Mm -hmm. I don't care what I'm getting. If I'm not happy and it doesn't align with who I am in that moment, I'm out. Wow. So I left a really good job. A lot of people frowned upon me. Yes, I went on social assistance until I figured out what I needed to do. It wasn't a long period of time, but I needed that stepping stone. And I always tell people, the system is there for you to use to your advantage to get up and off. Use it to your advantage. There's a difference in abusing the system and using it to your advantage. It's there for a reason. Okay? Use it until you figure out what you need to do and what your next steps are. Mm -hmm. That's why you pay taxes. And, and we pay into okay. it a lot with, with all the jobs we've had in, over, right? the, over the years. <laughs> right. What is what is what does EI give you? They don't give you much as not that not that Ontario works does either. But something is better than nothing. Sometimes you have to put your pride aside, and you have to keep in mind that while money is important, your happiness is number one. Mm -hmm. So if your happiness in that moment means you're tired of being in your day in day out nine to five and you're feeling like you need a change because it's no longer in alignment with who you are because we grow and we change and that's what we're put on this earth to to learn mm -hmm. and that's the beautiful part about the journey we're not meant to sit in a nine to five for 15 years of our life i i don't believe we are you know um so use what is in front of you to get where you need to go. Wow. And I'm not, again, I'm not glorifying being on social systems. No. Mm -hmm. um, I'm not glorifying, like, you know, sitting on the system. But it is there for a reason. Mm -hmm. Figure out, do I want to go to school? Can you get out back? Can you, like, there are options for people. Yes, you're going to, you're going to go through barriers. Nothing is, nothing is going to be easy. But nothing good ever comes easy. And that's the part that people need to remember. So. Yo, I just got to pause. So much. <laughs> no, no. I got to pause for it because with with my podcast, I hear so many profound words from my guests. And you, you gave me about four <laughs> inspirational teasers just by just talking there. I, I love it. Um, thanks again. 
Okay, so Kalissa, yeah, I, I understand everything you're saying, and I hope my guests, uh, my listeners and watchers hear what you're saying. But now, now you're 31, okay? You quit your job. and so I, you... didn't, I, didn't, I didn't quit yet. Oh, you didn't, didn't quit, quit yet. No. So what happened was I had switched on a new team. I got a new supervisor who was not the nicest supervisor. Um, anyway, I I actually went on a sick leave. Okay. Again, I and I don't care who hears this. I used I used what was there to my advantage. I didn't wake up one day and said, "Oh no, I'm going to quit my job." No, I strategically planned it out. Mm -hmm. I went on a sick leave. I made sure all my T's were crossed and my I's were dotted, mm -hmm. and um, I would go in the park. You know, uh, when I still was working, I would go on my lunch and sit at the park and write. So now when I was on my sick leave, it was interesting because the day um, I was going to my doctor's to get my, my sick leave, you know, papers done up properly, um, I was going to drive there. And mm -hmm. I said, you know what? No, I'm going to take the transit. Now, had I driven, I would have not walked by the studio. But because I took the TTC, it was at St. Clair Dufferin, and I had to walk uh, westbound. Mm-hmm. I, that's how I met my producer. So it was just in that moment, and I'm standing there, and I'm taking the information on the sign, and he says, "Are you a, are you a singer?" And I'm like, "Well, kind of, not really." Yeah. <laughs> and I went up in the studio, and I just dropped a few notes for him, and that's where it just started. Oh my god! So that's the story. Um... That's, that's like literally, it was all divine timing. Like nothing is coincidental. It was just. The way it lined up. I, I believe that. So, but tell me, in the studio, so the song, Imagine Us, where was that mm -hmm. written? Like, tell me about that process. And <laughs> Do you really want to know? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> tell me. <laughs> so, um, so, at that time, I didn't know how to write a song. I knew how to write because I was mm -hmm. writing. But right. in terms of structure, like my producer... Yeah, he was amazing to work with. I, I actually miss working with him. Um, but he, he taught me how to structure and write. Mm -hmm. But so one day he sent me this instrumental and I was leaving Kitchener from seeing a friend and I was inspired and um, driving <laughs> home and I'm listening to the instrumental. Yeah. And it's just the hook came to me. So as soon as I got home, I, just, I went home and I started writing. And I think I wrote that within like 24 hours. It was done. And I went in the studio and we did it up. But again, when I wrote the song, I didn't have all the harmonies. Like that's where Niesta came in because he was great with harmonies. Yeah. So he actually produced the song. Like okay. I'll give him that because it's not just about writing. There's, there, there's notes in there that I would have never thought of because I'm not, I wasn't musically inclined back then. Yeah. You know, I didn't, I didn't hear it the way I hear it now. Okay. You know? So he would tell me, you know, do this harmony like this and do this like that. I'm like, oh, okay, cool. Damn, I sound dope. <laughs> <laughs> so wait, so you're, you you touched on something. Is there such a term called the train, like a trained ear? Like some people have that trained ear for music. So if you learned music as a child or a young, I don't know, adult, and then you understand how it's supposed to sound. Am I saying this right? So he seemed like he had the trained ear for, for different notes and chords, melodies, whatever I'm trying to say. Yeah. Is that, is that, is that accurate? Uh, maybe. I mean, I, now I, I have that ear. Whereas yeah. 10 years ago, I didn't. You didn't. Okay. And maybe I did, but the problem was I second, I always second guess myself. Mm -hmm. We are our own worst enemies. Like, and I'm my <laughs> own worst enemy. Like, and like that music that you hear, that older stuff, imagine that. It's like, that's all the stuff done with Niasha. And it's mm -hmm. great music. Mm -hmm. But it's not the artist that I am now. Now. Okay. Right. So now that you say that, the last track I wanted to ask you about. The, the inspiration for this song, I believe, is called Looking Like Looking Like a L Fool. Looking Like a Fool? Yeah. So <laughs> let me know about that track. 
I mean, you know, I was dealing with, with someone and I just felt like the asshole had me looking like a fool. Like, yeah. <laughs> like <laughs> you know, I just, I wrote what I felt in those. Sometimes I think I, I seek out to be hurt because I need material. To write about. <laughs> Don't say that. <laughs> no. <laughs> Listen, I'm going to, I'm going to say it straight. Anyone who, ever has dated me has been written about from the time I've been making music. Yeah. You don't want to be written about, do not do not <laughs> date me. <laughs> we should not be together. Yeah. Yo, but that's true though. Like this is when I first got my heart broken, I wrote the best poem of my life and I got it published mm-hmm. into a book, a magazine, and people were like, "Yo, you were hurt." And I'm like, "Yeah, it's the emotions that come out." But even happy experiences people can write. So I guess that's what happens too, right? You draw inspiration from experiences and relationships. Yeah. I I write best when I'm going through darkness. Like mm-hmm. I've written um, in the past, in the last quarter of 2022, mm-hmm. 80% of my album. Mm-hmm. And it was my, like, I can't remember being in a dark place like I was in those moments. Wow. How are I, you? The last the last time I was in a dark place like that was when the last time I attempted suicide in 2003. Like, that's how, like, I was having suicidal ideations. Like, you'll hear it in the album, in my track, Insanity, where I'm talking about crashing into a wall, take a bottle of pills just to end it all. Like, it's just real. Um, mm. It's raw. It, and it's unapologetically me. Wow, you're really opening up. Calissa, I wasn't. I, you know, I, people, we're, we're human beings, you know. Um, I'm tired of, of hiding behind this wall of what should be and what we could be. No, I am who I am. Yeah. You like it, you don't like it, you have a choice. I am not going anywhere. And, and you know, I only want people around that are going to be as real with me as I am with them. Um, you know, and I say this to my audience and my fans and, you know, you fuck with me or you don't, period. Like, mm-hmm. I'm not begging you to be a fan, but mm-hmm. just be real. Be real with yourself. Be Just be real. That's it. Be true to you. I like, I like that. Thank, um, I like the candidness and the honesty. Thanks for sharing that. You know, I think this is a perfect time. Remember I said there's going to be a question in the middle, right? <laughs> I think this is the perfect time to ask it because the way this conversation is going. But um, you have a choice. Star Scorpio always gives choices. I like choices. There you go. <laughs> so would you rather visit your younger self and give Kalissa advice for the future or visit your older self and ask them for advice for present day? Wow. That's a mind fuck. <laughs> right, can you repeat that? <laughs> I'm so sorry. Would you rather visit your younger... Hold on. <laughs> you got me. I even, you got I, me. Even snor- I even snorted in there, too. Like. <laughs> you got me. I'm leaving this in, though. I'm leaving this in. Okay, you ready? Okay. Would you rather visit your younger self... And give them advice or give Kalissa advice for the future. Or would you rather visit your older self and ask them advice for Kalissa now? Because, of course, they're 60, 70 years old, whatever it is. And do you want advice to how to live now? So I'm going to give you an answer. And it's probably not the answer that you anticipated. But here it goes. If I could give my younger self advice, I wouldn't change a thing. Because if I changed a thing, I wouldn't be where I am right now. Bam. Um, to, to give my present self advice on where the future is going, as tempting as that would be, sometimes what's tempting could be selling our souls. So in <laughs> saying that, I, I would just, I don't want to know. I don't want to give advice to my present self or or anything because I want to enjoy the journey, the highs, the lows, the good, the bad, the ugly, 
the dark. Like I, I want to feel it. I'm human. I want to feel it all. You know, you know? I, I thank thank you. I'm gonna enjoy asking this question for season six. I'm gonna enjoy this. That was that was a great answer. But yeah, thanks. There's a, there's <laughs> it, was, a... it was tough. Like <laughs> I had to think about that for a minute. Of course. Cause, cause think about it. Like I, sure. You know, I love where I am in this moment. Do mm-hmm. I live the best life? No, but I live. I'm living my best life in this moment Mm -hmm. and that's what we need to appreciate Mm -hmm. and it sometimes it's hard it takes work to remind yourself of it's not convincing yourself that you're happy it's Mm -hmm. just being real like you don't need fancy cars you don't need all this shit around you you just need to be in touch with who you are to Mm -hmm. be living your best life and whatever that means for you in that moment yeah thank you wow this is deep, but we're gonna go a little deeper now because um, this is deeper. the star. <laughs> this is the star Scorpio stinger, right? Adding to that question, watch this now. Do um, I need to spark I, my weed for this? No, no. <laughs> <laughs> what would you tell your younger self about money? Money cannot buy you happiness. Good. Now, in saying that. um we do need money to survive unfortunately that's the kind of world that we're living in Mm -hmm. um and because of the capitalist society that we live in we're forced we're forced to think money is the most important thing yeah and let me repeat that we are forced (laughs) yo you're 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 hitting today so calissa i'm glad you said it because i asked myself there's more questions that was the first one but I asked myself on how I would answer this, right? And you said what I was thinking in my head, like money, that's not important, but <laughs> you need it to live. So I would tell my younger self to work hard and get that and whatever. Next question. What would you tell your younger self about love? Wow, that question kind of makes me want to cry a little bit. Um Okay. Don't get don't don't give yourself so freely. Mm-hmm. Physically. Um, and I say that, you know, for again, trigger warning, um, for for those individuals that have experienced sexual abuse, and there's a lot, there's a lot of people that don't speak up about it. You go one of two ways. You either become really promiscuous or you become very closed off. I unfortunately went the promiscuous way in my teenage years because I felt like that was the only way I could feel love. Um, you know, and uh, your body is your temple. And, and yes, I, I'm a smoker. And, you know, so it's kind of a contradiction, but your body is your temple. And when you allow people to, when you share yourself with people, you're sharing yourself, um, and that's sacred. Mm-hmm. And and not speaking from a religious standpoint, because I'm by far not religious. Um, mm-hmm. Now that I'm like very spiritual and I'm, I'm about energy, sharing myself is, is very personal to me. So. Okay. Truth be told, I have been celibate since 2018, and I'm proud of it. Um, and you know, it's again, sex is for me, it's not about sex. I mean, like, it's, it's, cause I can get, I can pleasure myself and I'm very pro masturbation on that. I'm very open-minded. Um, sex is personal and I can't, I can't be with somebody unless I'm actually in love with them. Mm-hmm. That's why I, ch- I have chosen to be celibate mm-hmm. because the next person I do share myself with, I want to spend the rest of my life with that individual. Wow. Anyway, TMI. <laughs> no worries. Thanks for sharing. Um, man, going deep on this. Okay, next one. What would you tell your younger self about family? Family's in your heart, not in your blood. Mom. Ask me I... how many family members I talk to. Mm. Biological family members. Biological, yeah. I know what you mean. Mm-hmm. Last one. What would you tell your younger self about friends? 
Whoa. Uh, they're not your friends. They're not your friends. You know who your friend is? Yourself. You, yourself, and your eight personalities to create. And I'm not saying that there's not friends out there because there are fallen human beings, but they are very few and far in between. Wow. Yeah. This, this, this is, I, I'm going to, I'm going to like this. Thank, I love, I love your answers to those questions. This is going to be a great season. Um, let me know, uh, did you leave music for a while and come back? Because let me know I who did. you're with now. Because Mob Out I, Entertainment, Familia. But uh, let me know what's going on. Uh, what happened? You left and you came back. So I was with a team, which I'm not going to mention any names, uh, for 10 years. Um, what I will say is, regardless of where I'm at now, where they're at now, I have mad love and respect. Um, you know, I wish nothing but the best. Um, but in that 10 years, I did, you know, go to school in 2015. Mm -hmm. And I came back in 2021. When I came back, that's when I made the decision to leave the team that I was with. And I moved on to Malbec Entertainment. Mm -hmm. Okay. And, um... I don't know if you want to share this, but I remember a post, I guess someone close passed away to you, William Graves, like Bishop, I believe his name was. William Barona Graves, um, okay. aka Bishop. Yeah. He was the CEO of Mobile Entertainment, a yeah. shoe designer, artist. Um, he mentored me. He taught, I mean, in, in, in the short time that I was on the team, mm -hmm. since I joined in, 2021 um i learned more in that year than i did in 10 wow. you know and that's not putting any disrespect on on anything you know um i guess i went i didn't allow myself to learn and to open up so mm -hmm. i i do take ownership for that mm -hmm. i second guess myself a lot um Again, there's a reason season or a lifetime, you know. Sometimes we just outgrow situations and people and yeah. sometimes we just we have to we have to make decisions and leaving my team of ten years was not an easy decision. I cried, I, you know, it was it was hard. Mm -hmm. And um I was sad the way things ended, you know, but uh it's life, right? But like like you said, everything happens for a reason thing. Things don't happen just by chance, so it happened for a reason. You know, I, what I will say about Bishop, I mean, he, he taught me a lot. Kept drilling in my head, learn the business, learn the business. Mm -hmm. um, he was the one that told me to start sharing people's music. And, oh, you wow. know, yeah. So, you know, he he gave me that stuff. He gave me those tools. And the tools were always there. Mm -hmm. But, you know, we have this mindset, oh, I'm not going to share this person. Why aren't you going to share that person? Mm. why aren't you going to why <laughs> if you have to be confident with yourself and your craft to know that you're in your lane and they are in there we're not so in competition true. so true I, i'm so i'm glad you touched on that and yeah it, it looks like bishop gave you a lot of game but since you touched on that i really respect what you do on social media because once we started following each other and i look at your stories you support a lot of people so you share other stories you share my stories and i'm like this is amazing you're 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 a blessing do you find that with your experiences from your past it helps you talk Absolutely. to others easier and help others that's why i got into social work right because yeah. it was i mean <laughs> it goes back to hurt people hurt people well hurt people also want to help people I'm a, I'm a healer, right? But I also need to be healed. So that's part of my healing process, you know? Yeah. So yeah, it definitely helps. Nice. Okay. Um, With the music now, just going back to the music. And then I got a question for you Um, again. um, What are you working on now, your projects? Because I'm going to support, of course, I'm always buying tracks from my, my guests that, that are artists. Um, but what are you working on now? What's out now? 
So I'm working on The Best Is Yet To Come. Mm -hmm. um, that's the name of my album. It's actually my first album. It took me a decade, <laughs> more than a decade. <laughs> yeah. But again, it's all about timing. And I just, I, I knew I would know when the time is right. And mm -hmm. now is the time. Uh, so it's going to be released August 10th of okay. 2023. Okay. Uh, the first single is February 14th. It's called Only You. So mm -hmm. look out for that. Uh, the second single will be Shattered, which, which will drop on my birthday, March 28th. Mm -hmm. um, and then Let It Burn is going to be the third single, which I haven't really figured out a date for that just yet. Oh, May 3rd. May 3rd. My daughter's oh. birthday. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> Oops. <laughs> yeah. Sorry. I just went through this with my PR yesterday and we were going through dates. So, yeah. Amazing. Proud of you. Um. Wait, Thanks. before I get to the question, how how are you in performing? Like, do you have that stage presence or do you have the nerves? Like, how is that experience for you? So I actually have really bad social anxiety. And it's, it's funny because before COVID, I was close to being agoraphobic. Like, I was literally ordering my groceries to my door. Um, if I didn't have my fur babies, I would have never left my house. Wow. Um, COVID actually did the reverse for me because everyone was locked down. I'm like, oh, this is great. Like, you can go out. <laughs> um, and then I gradually worked my way back. It, it, it took a while, though, to get myself back on stage. Mm -hmm. um, I always get nervous. Every time I step up on the stage, it's like that feeling of the first time. Yeah. And it's funny because I, I really struggle with talking in the crowd because I stutter when I get nervous. Yeah. I can sing, but to talk, it's like, hey, guys, hey, Tim, my name is Calissa. Like, I get really nervous. <laughs> yeah. And so, um, it's, yeah, that can be nerve-wracking. But, yeah, I always get nervous. Okay, Calissa, we come to the point in the interview now. I have two questions. Okay. And for season six, my guest is going to say Blue Jays or Raptors. Which Blue one do you Jays. want me to read? Blue Jays. Name one challenging thing you had to overcome in life. Oh, um, there's been a few. I, you know, I'm gonna I'm gonna go to the root, um, and I wouldn't say that I've overcome it because the healing journey is never gonna end. It's always my sexual abuse. Um, just coming to terms and understanding um, what happened. I'll never understand why, but just to come to terms and flip it into a positive, because I can't change it. I can only push forward and make a difference with my experience. So that would have been the most challenging thing that I had to overcome mm. or work through. All right. Thanks for sharing that. Um, yeah. Which actually, I'm, I'm just going to touch base because I wrote Time Waits for No One. Again, if you listen, like the shamefulness that I felt for years um, was, was hard for me to overcome. Um, and I speak about that in the song. So. Mm -hmm. yeah. I, I'm going to be listening to a lot of your tracks in the next few weeks. Um, cause I, I heard your voice on just these three tracks that I listened to this morning and I was like, amazing. This is, I'm glad I found that's, you or glad you found me. That's nothing though. Like the, what you're going to hear in the upcoming album is going to be raw. Like I, I want my imperfections. It's my imperfections that, that make me beautiful and mm -hmm. they make me perfect. Um, mm -hmm. you know, I want people to hear the rawness and to feel the darkness. I, I want that. I want you to get chills when you listen to my music because music is it's supposed to reach your soul and that's why I make music. Mm. Amazing. Um, this this has been great and you know what I do at the end of my, my podcast is um, I always donate to a charity of, and season six is just like season five. It's of my guest choosing. So who will Star Scorpio be donating to today? 
Ronald McDonald House of Toronto. You got it. And that's a first. So Ronald McDonald House of Toronto, Star Scorpio will be donating to. I just want to let people know too, like Calissa's wearing shades right now. And <laughs> this is the first time that my guest has looked like me. But let them know why you're wearing them. Uh, well, first of all, I'm, I'm sensitive to light. I don't like light. Mm-hmm. Um, and they're prescription, they're prescription glasses. So I really can't see without them. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and uh, yeah, I just, I, I like darkness. I know that, like, it's funny because I move with love and light, but I love darkness. Like, if I could live in winter 24 hours, seven, 365 days of the year, yeah. I would. Yeah. Wow. I'm not a fan, a fan of the sun. Okay, Calissa, do you have any projects? What projects do you have going on right now? So I'm working uh, with Kay Woods on a project called Silence in the Dark. Mm-hmm. Um, it's basically music about life. Um, so I'm on three tracks on that. Um, name Nomless. So on Instagram, it's N A M. L-E-S-S, I believe, and YouTube. Um, right now, Prisoners of War is out, which I got to harmonize on that. Um, mm-hmm. And that's with uh, with Clothes, who's another artist. Um, yeah, just the, the project is coming out. It looks like 2023 is going to be a good year for you. Um, it is. And I'm working, my, my producer on my album is DJ Kimo, who's also part of Mob Out Entertainment. Mm-hmm. Shout out to my team, all that entertainment. Rest in peace, Louie and Verona Gray. Um, you were truly missed. Um, you know, your memory will live on forever. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, rest in peace. Yeah, when I seen the post, I was like, just from you sharing it, I was like, okay, he, he was really close to you. So I thought I'd ask it today. Thanks. Um. Where can people find you? Let people know where they can find you. The YouTubes, the IGs, the Facebooks. Let us know. You know, there are so many platforms. Just go to the website. <laughs> mm-hmm. I'm going to direct you to, to my team's website because I want you to see the other artists and what they have to offer. Mm-hmm. Um, so mobatentertainment.com. And then if you go under the artist, like you can go under the tab, you can click onto my website from there, which is mm-hmm. calissamusic.com. And then... Like all my social medias are attached to it, you know. Calista Music XOX is Instagram, Facebook, Twitter, okay. YouTube. <laughs> so, perfect, yeah. perfect. This is Real Talk with Star Scorpio, season six with Calissa. Thank you for joining me today. Thank you for having me. And we out.